Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mega Bros Podcast. My name is Danny. And I'm Donnie. And Donnie, tonight we are going to finish up our Star Wars rewatch. Um, these movies don't really personally deserve their own episode of a podcast, but I think together they, they kind of deserve one and they deserve to be mentioned. And of course, I'm talking about those off movies, Rogue One and Solo, A Star Wars Story. I am not very specifically talking about the Christmas Star Wars movie, which we do not have to talk about. We are not going to talk about that at all. And in fact, uh, I'm going to disavow any knowledge that it exists from here on out. Yes, now that we've established the ground rules. Um, Solo and Rogue One. Uh, I, I think generally talking about both of them, I think every Star Wars fan should watch them once. I think they're worth the watch. I don't know that they're worth a second watch. And, you know, this this rewatch thing just really confirmed that for me. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we'll start with Rogue One because it, it came first here. Like, I do appreciate um, the movie itself. Like, it's it's well done. It's a good movie. Like, the plot is reasonable to follow. Like, you know, it doesn't really suffer from a lot of the, the other Disney projects where, like, it's too damn big for its own good. Um, it's really contained, and, and it really does, like, go into... It's a very specific niche of, like, you know, how did... The, the Rebel Alliance get a hold of the Death Star plans, you know, but it does it very well. But again, I, th- I think like we're, you know, I, we've talked about this a couple of times in our life, um, you know, it it's hard to really watch it again because you're just like, everybody dies, so it's hard to care. Like, <laughs> I don't really know how right. else to put it. <laughs> right, and, and that's that's my biggest takeaway, and I, I guess that it has to happen because again just by the nature of the timeline that these people never showed up and you know just what they were trying to do to get these plans and it's it's a you know a dangerous mission so i i get it but you just spent you know whatever it was two hours or so watching this movie like getting liking the characters kind of getting into it feeling for them and then they just die and it's again it had to happen sure but i I just i felt empty afterwards um and and that's excluding um, the best part of the whole movie is the Vader scene. I'll let you, you know, talk about that because you've mentioned it before. But it's just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't ever need to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I we will get to the Vader scene in a second because honestly, I could I could do an entire podcast on that short <laughs> bit of Star Wars and arguably the greatest scene in Star Wars history. Um, but. You know, I, I guess what I appreciate about Rogue One is just like everything. Everything does a good job of fitting together. Like you, like the reason why we don't see Krennic in any other movies because he did. Because everybody's dead. Because Tarkin just fucking blew it up with the Death Star. Like literally, completely disregarding any anything that might have needed to be saved, anything that was valuable there, any Imperial personnel. No, you just see that Tarkin is just pragmatic as fuck, and it's just like, nope, this could be something that could be used against us, so I'm just going to blow it up with this brand new planet blower upper gun I got. And now, one of the things that I know people were really upset about at the time was like the CGI Tarkin and like kind of de-aging Princess Leia type of thing. Um... I, I guess if you want to be upset about that, like, go ahead. I I am one of those people. I don't actually care about CGI. Like, if you use CGI for stuff, then that's fine. If you don't, then that's also fine. I know some people are like, oh, the practical effects are what makes Star Wars Star Wars. My brother, it is after 2000. Like, we, we have the technology. Just use it and keep using it. Because 
I mean, shit, it keeps getting better anyway. Like, half the time, I can't even tell what's CGI. Yeah, I, I have no issue with that at all. And I, I think if it, if it allows you to put someone like Tarkin in a movie or, or you know, young Leia, then go for it. I mean, even, like, the jankiest, like, worst kind of, um, you know, CGI, again, can you just let it can you let it go by it's like the the people that don't play video games because the graphics are bad like at some point i guess it matters but if it's a good game then who the hell cares i mean all i know is that people have been playing video games since you know i mean god what has it been like since the 60s now i mean do you, mm-hmm. you really gonna tell someone that super mario brothers isn't a good game because you know that the mustache doesn't have individual fibers like I, come on like right come on. we're just you know you split hairs at that point <laughs> <laughs> he said the thing I had to say it. You did. Uh, but but you, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, what I what I did like about this movie is I, I think, you know, it was Disney's first attempt at, like, that kind of off-mainline Star Wars movie, and I came away feeling good about it. Uh, you know, for as much as I say I never need to watch it again, I would tell anyone who hasn't seen it they should. I, I thought it's definitely worth one watch, uh, and I thought, you know, if if this is going to be the pattern that they kind of go with for those those movies then yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go to the theater and i'm gonna buy the ticket and watch it i I think it does a good job of you know kind of expanding the universe a little bit and you know i I think when we start talking about solo um there was a lot of thought that this was their attempt to sort of mcu the star wars universe and i don't think it went wrong um i think they obviously need some some help there but you know they also prove that you don't need to have a skywalker in a movie and it can still be good yeah solo was was in a weird spot where like i don't i didn't dislike it and like yeah i didn't have a problem with like any like the casting or anything like that um i'll be honest i was really excited to see darth maul in there like i i you know you're not gonna believe this i i I do think that there, there should be more things with darth maul in them um, <laughs> I know that's a controversial opinion, I'm sure. <laughs> but Never saw that coming. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, like, my, my whole thing with Solo is just, like, after watching it, like, I... How do I put this? I'm not often someone who's like, I need more gritty, realistic takes in my movies. Like, because really, I don't. But I kind of feel like there's two versions of Han Solo. There is the original Han Solo where he shoots first and, you know, he is a smuggler. He's a bounty hunter. On, like, some level, he's you know, like... The the whole point is that he's a scoundrel. He's a ruffian. He's, you know, not not a great dude, but he might make some good choices here and there. You know, like, to me, like, that's an interesting character. I don't really like the, you know, like, always does the right thing Han Solo. And that's kind of what this one felt like. Like, this felt, this didn't feel like, you know, a, a shooting first kind of Han Solo. And I, I think that's kind of like where it loses a little bit, a little bit of that shine for me. But like, I, it, it's not because of the casting. The casting, I feel like, is on point. Like, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian is fucking perfect. I think Alton Ehrenreich as Han Solo was actually really good too. You know, I mean, and, you know, anytime you get an excuse to put Amelia Clark in anything is a good thing, obviously. Um, oh, yeah, I had to that last point. Yeah, yeah, she's she's great. So, and um, the girl who played Enfys Nest, Erin um, Kellerman, I think is, is her name. She she was also in, in the MCU too. So you know she's making bank already, obviously. But she, I thought she was good too. But like again, like it it all it, Solo is one of those things where it just wrapped up a little too neatly. Like you know, oh no, we were really fighting the good guys the whole time. Like it no no, it just. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no, one of the things I definitely like, I, I want to agree with you too on, on Donald Glover and uh, the Han Solo guy. I, I think they were awesome, and you know, leading up to it, a lot of people were pissed that they would they would dare to recast Han Solo. And uh, again, I, I don't I don't get that. I mean, I, I know Harrison Ford is like a, a really iconic Han Solo. I'm not taking anything away from him, but I don't. I I just have a different view on on movies and stuff, I guess, than some people. I. I I don't think that any character necessarily is like so above being recast, especially if it's a, a younger and older version. So I don't look at that and say that it's like any kind of insult or anything. It's it's it is what it is. And this particular actor, I thought, did a good job on it. Um, you you kind of mentioned that it's not the shoot first Hansel that you kind of wanted. Um, it's a, a pretty good origin story, I think. I, I don't. I don't know that they got there by the end of it, uh, because you kind of can see that he, you know, he was fighting for the girl and he, you know, had a lot of upheaval and everything like that. And, you know, even at the end, he still seemed like he was really concerned about, you know, all of all that like lovey-dovey shit. And I don't think that's necessarily Han until the end. He didn't get that like rough edges kind of thing on him, and he didn't get it in this movie either. So, if you needed to do like a big story arc i think you need one more movie that says oh and then this is how he kind of became that you know that that dick bag <laughs> i really wouldn't mind a couple more like han solo spinoffs either i mean like i like you said the casting was on point so like if they want to bring these people back and you know that would also give us a chance to get more darth maul which say with me that's a good thing <laughs> it shouldn't be that hard people i i mean giant you know not even giant but like red spiky dude with with a double-bladed lightsaber like again as usual dave filoni has the right idea because maul is all over clone wars and rebels like <laughs> i mean he survived so, getting chopped in half so i mean what more do you really need through pure rage it's just, they need more of him and you know like i said they they wanted to mc the the movies and that was kind of like their attempt at it well you know, the, Star Wars kind of feels like it's on ice these days, and, and, and kind of deservedly so, but it's a shame that this movie came out when it did, because I, I do think that they can definitely expand off of that, and it doesn't have to be a, you know, a Han Solo story movie and everything to get Darth Maul in there, but at least the movies have established that Maul's there, so now let's do something with that. Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's a lot of stuff. I get again, like, I, one more time, people. Like, I gotta implore you: watch Clone Wars, watch Rebels. Very well done. Very much worth it. And plenty of Darth Maul. Um, but that being said, like, it, it. I mean, I think like today, like Disney's done five Star Wars movies. They've done the sequel trilogy plus Rogue One and Solo, and they've started branching out into the TV section as well here with the Mandalorian. Um, I feel like Solo and Rogue One kind of feed into the Mandalorian in a way of like trying to have these movies without necessarily having the Jedi involved. You know, they're really like there wasn't really any any Jedi in Rogue One, like, well, except for the Sith, but you know. <laughs> Which again, best part. <laughs> of course, yeah. I you know what, let me let me just spout off on that Vader scene. That Vader hallway scene is so absolutely iconic and and I mean, first of all, the fact that Vader, like, literally stops breathing just to, like, really intimidate the shit out of these guys in the dark before he turns on his lightsaber. I mean, <laughs> Anakin has always been a giant fucking drama queen, and I, and I appreciate that he carries that over to Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that little touch that he's still human. Yeah, but, like, 
yeah, he's more machine now than man, but he's still a little bit of man. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. But honestly, just watching Darth Vader carve up, like, just, you know, rebel grunts, like, I, I could watch that for weeks. And sometimes I literally do just pull that scene up on YouTube and watch it over and over again. Like, it is, it is one of the finest pieces of Star Wars filming that I've ever laid eyes on. It's just, it, it, it completely cuts to the essence of what Darth Vader is supposed to be, which is just this unstoppable force of death and evil and you know you can't possibly hope to stand against it you know like there's a whole squadron of rebels right trying to shoot the shit out of me he just carves them up like a fucking turkey like i i just appreciate that like they really gave you the chance to see that vader is just there to kick ass and take names like and you know the rebels are just like they're, they're doing everything they can they can just to escape like they're not like half of them aren't even trying to get anywhere near them it's again absolutely perfect in my eyes like to me like that is that's what the essence of vader needs to be and we've talked about it before but like if they were going to do a spin-off movie with straight up vader and what vader's doing to subjugate the galaxy in the whole in this whole like interregnum period between episodes three and four i'll watch that i will watch the living hell out of that yeah because what that team did and i don't think we got it anywhere else is it it showed that vader is the badass that we all are led to believe because you know in the original series and and even um you know little bits in the sequels because of kylo ren being obsessed with them you you just get this feeling that everyone's petrified of the guy and you know he's this badass like going across the universe and just destroying anything in his path and we just don't get to see it um we we see whiny anakin and we see chopped up anakin and then we see whiny vader because he Kill Padme and uh, how did that happen? I have no, no. idea. <laughs> like, come on, that's not Vader. <laughs> so we never, we never get to really experience like this is why people are afraid of him. This is why Palpatine saved him. All this stuff, and it's a shame. And this shows what you could have. And again, if they're going to take like little things away from these movies, hopefully that's one of them. Yeah, yeah, I, I just. Again, like, there are a lot of good things about these movies. I, you know, we talk all the time about, um, you know, like, like, we've said it a bunch of times at this point, with Rogue One really not being a movie you need to see twice. And it's not because it's not a good movie. It's a, like, I'll actually say, it's good to great in certain places. Like, the characters all make sense. I, like, I, first of all, Cash and Andor, kind of a dick. K2, hilarious droid. Like, probably the funniest droid. Um... Yeah, that's that's the biggest disappointment for me is that K two didn't show up anywhere else. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he just fucking nailed it. I mean, like he's even funnier than when R two goes like, <laughs> so much funnier than that. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, the uh, like the characters are they're all like fleshed out. They like none of them are really like you know like oh this is clearly your person for this and this is clearly your person for that. Like they're all. And I get that they had to die at the end, but, like, I also don't know that they had to all die at the end. Like, you tell me, like, somebody couldn't have escaped so we could have a spinoff? Like, come on, bro. Yeah, I think it's, um... It's kind of emblematic, I think, of where Disney should be going with the series versus where they are. is because they, they very much embedded themselves in the original Star Wars, the original timeline. We have to build off of that. We have to give more context to the stuff in between. We can go a little bit before when Han was young or a little bit in between... They really should just completely ignore what Lucas did for the most, like in terms of the movies uh, and the timeline. And you could do 
if they're going to go, you know, in the future and see what the universe looked like, you can certainly allude to it and make little, you know, Easter eggy type things. Like if people are paying attention, there's, you know, I don't know, like Luke's pancakes recipe or something stupid, you know, <laughs> or <laughs> Luke, we're going to have company. <laughs> <laughs> Classic meme. Oh, great. Or, or you go so far in the past that you, again, like you can have like those those weird things like someone you know predicting the future and like oh maybe there's a skywalker or i'm seeing a weird name you know you can do those little things but i i think the the general point is do your own thing pick a totally different timeline and just go with it yeah yeah i'm 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 with you there in terms of i i like what they're doing with like you know they've, they've got what is it like 10 new tv shows and movies announced right now and I appreciate that there's a good chunk of them that are going to be in the High Republic time. Like, that, to me, is... I'm not going to necessarily say a more interesting section of Star Wars lore, but I think it's a very compelling, like, part, because, like, you know, the only time we've ever seen the Republic, you know, or the, you know, the Senate in films, it's been completely, totally stupid, inept, and worthless. Like, so you wonder, like, how the fuck did these guys even make it, like... 10 minutes let alone a thousand years well let's find out like let's see like I'm, I'm excited for the the stuff with the high republic i won't even lie to you like and we, we've talked about this before but if they just made like kotor into a movie then like you know uh like i will buy a ticket and then i will also need another ticket for my pants because <laughs> but yeah it's uh there, there's a lot of different things i think like what i appreciate about solo and rogue one is just it shows that disney can pull together characters and plot lines that make sense in the Star Wars universe without necessarily needing a Skywalker or even a Jedi. I mean, like, you know, they're real, there's no, like, notable Jedi showing up in either in either of these movies. Like, so, and they're, again, again, they're well done. Like, are they as compelling necessarily as any of the original trilogy? No, probably not, but they're not bad movies, and I would definitely recommend you watch them at least once. Yeah, and, and I think that was kind of an important thing to show especially for disney because i mean let's face it they didn't spend all that money to make three movies they they wanted to flesh it out and do a lot more and i mean we've seen what they did with marvel there's what 30 something movies now i think yeah they, um, yeah they're up in the 20s and then like there's like 10 more coming out in the next year or two right and, and you know they want to do that with star wars in some sense but they, they got to figure that out and i would look at you know if i was going to model if i'm if i'm disney and i'm modeling the future of what i want star wars I don't actually look at the, the you know the sequel trilogies. I look at these movies. I look at you know, uh, the Mandalorian. I I try to find ways that I can tell a good Star Wars story that doesn't need Jedi and doesn't need a Skywalker. And with these movies, they prove it. Um, and again, they they give us little bits and tastes like the the Darth Vader scene. Um, it's not all based off of that. It's the coolest part for sure. But you can have that whole movie kind of hold you together and still give little bits and pieces so i think that's kind of the importance of these movies yeah i'm with you there i mean i i I, to me like with like in the grand scheme of things i kind of view solo and rogue one as like a proof of concept for what the mandalorian ended up being um you know because like they were told they told us like oh yeah it's a space western it's a guy with a mandalorian helmet you know it's gonna be fine and then it turns out like it's this big fucking thing and i'm here for it like because they they give you characters that matter without necessarily having to resort to the guys you already know. Um, but there's fun little Easter eggs in there. And then sometimes, yeah, they show up like, 
Luke showing up at the end of the second season of Mandalorian. Spoilers, by the way, but like if you haven't watched it yet at this point, that's not my fault. Um, <laughs> you know, that being said, though, I mean, it to me, like, I think, like, Star Wars is kind of, like, trying to figure out exactly, like, what the best way to tell these stories is, and I don't know that two and a half, three hour movies is the right choice for every story. Like, some of these things are going to make more sense as a TV show, but I also think, like, we kind of had to wait for the technology to catch up a little bit. Like, one of the cool things about this is that, like, you know, I don't need to get a certain channel. Like, it's not limited to only people who have, you know, like, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever people watch these days. I, I've cut the cord since like 2014 at this point, so I don't really, I don't really yeah, know, but HGTV is all that's on in our house. Yeah. And I that's mean, not my choice. I mean, House Hunters, you know, Cloud City would be a hell of a show, but I mean, I'd watch the fuck out of that. Uh, yeah. Disney, if you heard that, I, I claim that you got to pay me for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that being said, um, you know, I mean, I feel like Disney plus keeping everything in the same place, and really, like, giving you one stop for all of your Star Wars stuff. I mean, also all of your Marvel and all your Disney and Pixar and all that jazz, too. But really, we're talking about Star Wars. Um, you know, and what I I hope that they're not afraid to do in the future, and I, I think they're kind of alluding to it with these MCU um, TV shows in particular. Because, you know, with uh, Loki coming out tomorrow, I think, is when it first launches. Oh, yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, and... Um, you know, someone from Disney even coming out and saying that, uh, or I think it was Kevin Feige or whoever, the, someone someone big at Disney said this, that this move, this particular series is going to have a bigger impact on the MCU movies than any other of the series have come out so far. So I, I would interpret that as saying, like, they're about to drop some big, you know, storyline, timeline stuff, or introduce characters that are going to matter, introduce, like, plots and things that are going to matter. And I, I hope that Disney would do that with Star Wars, in that you can set up a movie with a TV series. Give us a quick 10-episode series and give us all the backstory we need and then just drop us into the movie. I, I don't... I hope we're past the point where you would need, like, any kind of recap movie or, like, place-setting movie. I don't think you need that. You can do that with a TV series. You can do it better, too, because, like you said, you just do little half-hour, hour snippets and you can get, like, 10 episodes in there and you can really dive deep into what you want to do. And then you have the movie, and everyone knows where you are. And if they don't, that's their fault. Right. Yeah, I think that's that's one thing that like I appreciate about the MCU so much is like you you don't necessarily have to watch each movie by itself. Like you know, like you don't have to watch each movie in order. I mean, like, but if you watch a movie out of order, like you haven't seen, then you're gonna miss like Easter eggs. Um, like they work on their own, but like they kind of just assume that you've already seen. Like like you know. If you watch Thor 2, the, the movie assumes that you've seen Thor 1 and you know what's going on. Like, you know. And to me, like, I feel like that's really what we need out of Star Wars here, too. We don't need to have an hour and a half of exposition in every movie. Like, just get right to the stars and the wars. Like, let's get to it. Like, we don't need to hear, like, everybody's origin story. Like, we don't need to have, like, a three-hour detour to Canto Bight. Like, just... Just get right into it. Let's see some lasers. Let's see some lightsabers. Let's go. Yeah, and, and I, I, I really hope they're going for that because what they've done, I don't want to say it hasn't worked. I mean, we we've gone through this whole rewatch, and I, I think in general, our opinions about the movies have either you know been solidified or I, I think improved a little bit. I, I, I really didn't like the Last Jedi. Um, 
But yeah, Last Jedi was the I only guess. one that got that got like <laughs> yeah. noticeably worse for me after I rewatched it. Everything else, um, like either remained the same or got better. Yeah, so I, I think you just it, it'll be interesting to see where Disney goes in the next movies. I think um, you know they they seem to be focusing on the TV series, and I think that's smart. Um, I I hope that you know the uh, Obi Wan series is good, and I, I really hope that they kind of use that as their like I don't want to say olive branch to the, the fandom because I don't think the fandom really deserves an olive branch but you know what I mean no, like they, incels. oh yeah basically yeah but just a little bit of fan service just enough I mean first of all casting Ewan McGregor in anything is basically fan service like I, <laughs> it's pretty great. he's just one of those guys that's just anytime he's in anything I'll just like yep I'm watching it <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah it's totally worth it um but yeah, I, I, I'm with you there in terms of like I would really like to see them integrate the TV and the and the and the movies into like the storytelling together. Like you, when I like when I started getting into the Marvel stuff, like one of the things that was on TV there for a bit was Agents of Shield. All right, and that was it was supposed to be all like in the MCU, but none of it like ever really like they never got more than like a C list actor, and none of it ever really became like super prominent and then like i like i petered out of watching it after like three or four seasons because like it just wasn't compelling because you're just like well i want to watch all this marvel stuff and all you guys give me is stuff that i don't even recognize as like not really that big a comics nerd and so what am i supposed to do here like this isn't entertaining me at all and supposedly it got better in the last couple of seasons and it got canceled and you know but then you go and look at something like WandaVision or Cap or you know Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I keep wanting to say Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier. God damn it. <laughs> um, you know, but like you get something like that that really has like a tangible presence in and impact on the MCU and like that's really enjoyable. So to me, like that's what I would like to see moving forward. Like if they move away from the whole like trilogy structure, sure, fine. Works for me. Um but like if they want to like do like you know standalone movies supplemented by um you know tv shows i feel like that's probably the best path forward we talked about this a lot but there's just so many stories to tell with star wars and you know you could tell like stories about like two groups of characters that are completely around at the same time and doing the same stuff and then you know they just might not even inter- interact or even see each other at all like, it, it's just such a big sandbox to play in um also, you know, put the Yuzhan Vong on screen. Like, do it, you cowards. Yeah, just fucking do it. Yeah. Like, you're going to tell me that you can't make a compelling villain out of, like, completely organic, like, machine-rejecting, forced, invisible fucking aliens? Like, come on, bro. It's made for TV. Um, or movies. It's made for TV movies. I mean, shit. Like, just give me that all day, all day and night. I'll watch that, but... <laughs> <laughs> It'd be solely worth it. Yeah. I, I get so much gold in Star Wars. And, and you mentioned um, the technology too, but I think another thing that's that's kind of changing for these TV uh, series and, and Neil McGregor being in it is a perfect example. A lot of these big actors are taking TV positions. I mean, I, I don't think you can necessarily look at it as, you know, cable TV shows that are just throwaway roles or anything or, you know, that you hope that you get big. You can get, you know, movie, movie star actors and actresses to play in these tv series because they're they're built up like longer movies just chop in half and again i i hope they continue with this 
this thread and, and they get some of those big name actors to play these big parts yeah i do appreciate that like you're, you're that's a really good point honestly like it, it you're really seeing a blending of tv and movie acting in a way that you haven't before like you know just to use an example i i'm gonna go a little off topic here but like you know my wife was watching the friends reunion a couple nights ago and they're sitting around and like i'm looking at them like jesus christ like how did none of them like ever really like make it big except for jennifer aniston now this is all relative term because like the each one of those people gets paid more money when an episode airs on television than i will make in my entire life so you know <laughs> full disclaimer there like we're, we're speaking in very relative and ridiculous terms right but did fine i mean that's how it used to be like they're just if you were on tv that you were a tv actor like you just didn't see people crossing that barrier very often but now like you've got like someone like you and mcgregor can do a tv show but is also like a known movie star like you and like to me that that bodes well for like whenever they decide to like start like you know as like as they keep moving stuff around with marvel too like you know tom hiddleston do it going from these movies to now he's doing a tv show you know elizabeth olsen and paul bettany are movie stars now they're in a tv show it, it just it's all good i i just i like i like where they're going with this and i feel like solo and rogue one while not perfect and not necessarily the most compelling stories they're worth seeing and i feel like they laid the groundwork for this renaissance of star wars and, and disney type content yeah, I, I really couldn't agree more. And at the end of the day, I think we're just all happy that we're getting Star Wars content. I mean, what, what more could you really ask for? Yeah, I, I do remember when Solo came out and people were like, oh, people aren't going to see it because there's, you know, they've got too much Star Wars. And I'm just sitting there like, what? <laughs> like, I literally <laughs> yeah. can't think of a dumber thing to say. Have you ever met a Star Wars fan? Like, they will literally murder people for new movies and TV shows. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's thing. actually happened. <laughs> there's no such thing as too much Star Wars for me. No. No, I mean, I, I think there was a lot of backlash to the Last Jedi, but again, like we've talked about already, like if you cave to insults, then it just doesn't like nothing is going to go well. So, and and that should be a life lesson. Uh, and I think a lesson like that's a pretty good place to end. So, uh, you know, for the Mega Bros podcast, my name is Danny, and I'm Donnie, and you just listened to our Star Wars recap.